Blessed be our God forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray you graciously to behold this your family, for whom our Lord Jesus Christ was willing to be betrayed and given into the hands of sinners and to suffer death upon the cross, who now lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. See, my servant shall prosper. He shall be exalted and lifted up, and shall be very high. Just as there was many who were astonished at him, so marred was his appearance beyond human semblance, and his form beyond that of mortals. So he shall startle many nations, kings, shut their mouths because of him. For that which had not been told to them, they shall see. And that which they had not heard, they shall contemplate. Who has believed what we have heard? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of the dry ground. He had, no, he had no form or majesty that we should look at him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by others, a man of suffering and acquainted with infirmity. And as one from whom others hide their faces, he was despised. And we held him of no account. Surely he has borne our infirmities and carried our diseases. Yet we accounted him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole, and by his bruises we were are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have all turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shearers is silence. So he did not open his mouth. By a perversion of justice, he was taken away. Who could have imagined his future? For he was cut off from the land of the living, stricken from transgression of my people. They made his grave with the wicked and his tomb with the rich, although he had done no violence, and therefore was no deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to crush him with plain and pain. When you make it his life, an offering for sin, he shall see his offering and shall prolong his days. Through him, the will of the Lord shall prosper. Out of his anguish, he shall see light. 
He shall find satisfaction through his knowledge. The righteous one and my servant shall make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. The psalm appointed for our liturgy today is a portion of Psalm 22. And if you're following along in the prayer book, you can find Psalm 22 on page 610. We'll read verses 1 through 11 in unison. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me and are so far from my cry and from the words of my distress? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not answer. By night as well, but I find no rest. Yet you are the Holy One, enthroned upon the praises of Israel. Our forefathers put their trust in you. They trusted, and you delivered them. They cried out to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not put to shame. But as for me, I am a worm and no man, scorned by all and despised by the people. All who see me laugh me to scorn. They curl their lips and wag their heads, saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him if he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me out of the womb and kept me safe upon my mother's breast. I have been entrusted to you ever since I was born. You were my God when I was still in my mother's womb. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, and there is none to help. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews. The Holy Spirit testifies, saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts, and I will write them on their minds. He also adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Therefore, my friends, Since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, 
And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who hath promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. And the soldiers wove a crown of thorns and put it on his head. And they dressed him in a purple robe. They kept coming up to him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and striking him on the face. Pilate went out again and said to them, Look, I am bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no case against him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Here is the man. When the chief priests and the police saw him, they shouted, Crucify him! him. Crucify him. him! Take him yourselves and crucify him. I find no case against him. We We have have a law, and and according to that law, he ought to die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. Now when Pilate heard this, he was more afraid than ever. He entered his headquarters again and asked Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, Do you refuse to speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? You would have no power over me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who handed me over to you is guilty of the greater sin. From then on, Pilate tried to release him. But the people cried out, If If you you release release this man, man, you are are no no friend friend of the emperor. Everyone Everyone who claims to be a king sets himself against the emperor. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus outside and sat on the judge's bench at a place called the Stone Pavement, or in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of preparation for the Passover, and it was about noon. He said to the people, Here is your king. Away with him. Away Away with him. Crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? We have have no king but the emperor. Then he handed him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and carrying the cross by himself, 
he went out to what is called the place of the skull, which in Hebrew is called Golgotha. There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on either side, with Jesus between them. Pilate also had an inscription written and put on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription because the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. Then the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but this man said, I am king of the Jews. What I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and divided them into four parts, one for each soldier. They also took his tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from the top. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see who will get it. This was to fulfill what the scripture says. They divided my clothes among themselves, and for my clothing they cast lots. And that is what the soldiers did. Meanwhile, standing near the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing beside her, he said to his mother, Woman, here is your son. Then he said to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own home. After this, when Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said in order to fulfill the scriptures, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there. So they put a sponge full of the wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, the Jewish leaders did not want the bodies left on the cross during the Sabbath, especially because that Sabbath was a day of great solemnity. So they asked Pilate to have the legs of the crucified men broken and the bodies removed. Then the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once blood and water came out. He who saw this has testified so that you also may believe. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth. These things occurred so that the scripture might be fulfilled. None of his bones shall be broken. And again, another passage passage of scripture says they will look on the one whom they have pierced last night 
we came together to talk about how love enters our lives. Maybe you were there last night. If you weren't, that's okay. It was Maundy Thursday, the night when Jesus said that we are supposed to love each other. He gave us an example of what that kind of love looked like. Our Jesus, our Jesus, before he offered his last supper, in a very extraordinary turn of events, washed the feet of his disciples. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's what Peter said. Wait a minute, Jesus. You're not supposed to be washing our feet. We're supposed to be washing yours. Students do not wash the feet of their teachers. It's the other way around, Jesus. That's what Peter says. Now, Peter was right in one way, because in that day, only servants washed people's feet. But in Jesus' case, Peter was wrong. For this is exactly the point Jesus is making. Jesus, in this notable act, took on the role of a servant. He took up towel and basin and bathed his friend's feet. And that's how he showed them what love looks like. That's how he shows us how love shows up in our world today. I give you a new commandment, Jesus said, that you have love for one another. And so that we can be clear about what that love looks like, I'm going to do this in this way. That was last night. This is today. What does love look like? What is love up to on this Friday? That we call good. Now my imagination today as I listen to this narrative passion. My imagination is drawn to those last words of Jesus up on that cross. He is suffering sure. He is in agony absolutely. And he is once again doing something extraordinary. He is reconstituting humanity. You see, up on that cross, he knows that he is going to be physically removed from the realities of his friends and his families. He knows that he is about to make that significant physical exit. Yet even on the cross, our God continues to be creative. Even on the cross, God continues to create. Even on the cross, God makes a new creation. Woman, here is your son. Here is your mother. You see what's happening here is a new kind of family is being fashioned. A new kind of family is being born. And those who have followed Jesus for those many years, who have experienced his teaching, who have experienced and witnessed those signs, they know what this new family looks like. Those who have been fed among the thousands, 
I wonder if they were there that day. I remember back to chapter 9 when Jesus heals the man who was born blind. And I remember all of that back and forth and back and forth. And ultimately that man born blind was kicked out of his community. But Jesus found him and welcomed him into a new kind of community. I wonder if he was there that day to see it with his own eyes. And what about that woman at the well with her jug and her curious spirit? Give me some of that water to drink, she said. She was brought into a new kind of family. I wonder if she was there that day. And that woman with the alabaster jar who anointed Jesus, I wonder if she was there. And Lazarus, who was given a chance at new life, I wonder if he was there. And Nicodemus, The man who came to Jesus in the dark of night with all of those questions. I wonder if he was there that day. You see, Jesus has been creating something new since the day he was born. He has been collecting sinners and tax collectors and scoundrels. He's been catching the attention of religious leaders and women with alabaster jars and jugs of water. He's been catching the attention of Greeks that represent the breadth of the world. And here on the cross, he gathers them. He brings all of those people together as a new kind of family. Here is your son. Here is your mother. He says to those he loves. You will not be alone, Jesus says. You will not be alone because I have pulled you together. And in this event, you will be made forever new. A new creation. You see, this death, the death that we have experienced today is a new kind of birth. The birth of a new way of being and living and acting in the world. And it finds its absolute center in the humility and the love that Jesus shows us last night. And in the total giving of life and limb, which he demonstrates today. In the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this national and global and local crisis, many of us are looking for meaning. What can this all mean? What do these days mean? Well, we might ask the same question about Good Friday, a very confusing day in the midst of a very confusing time. A preacher colleague of mine suggests that the good news of Good Friday is not about what Good Friday means. Rather, the good news of Good Friday is about what God does and continues to do. I don't know that I can look to this story and figure out what it means. But I can look to it and see concrete examples of a God that I want to know. And I can look at this story and I can see concrete examples of what God is doing 
And what is God doing? God does what God always does. He gives new life. God's very nature is life. God's very nature is generative. God's very nature is community. What does all of this mean? What does this pandemic mean? I can't tell you what it means. I can only point to what God has always done and continues to do, which is somehow in God's ways to call God's church together, even if we can't be together. Somehow in God's ways, God is calling the Christian community to be healers and reconcilers. Somehow in God's ways, God is shaping God's church and calling God's people into being. Woman, here is your son. Here is your mother. Notice, notice here that only after he creates something new does Jesus say, it is finished. And in one way, the incarnate body of Jesus is finished. He has brought to completion his purpose of being on the earth. But in so many other ways, it is not finished. We are not finished. And God is by no means finished with us, thanks be to God. For on the cross today, we experience a God who continually gives, gives, Gives. Notice again that he gives up his spirit. He gives up his last breath. He gives. How does love show up today? How does love enter your life? Well, today... We recall this love from our living rooms, from our couches, from our computers, from our dining room tables, from our home offices. And this is appropriate because Jesus did Jesus' work in those real, ordinary places. And Jesus, Jesus often explained what love looks like from couches, from dining room tables, and from places of business. And so wherever you may be watching this Good Friday service, do not ask what this means to satisfy your own intellectual needs. Instead, instead, take notice of what God is doing and what God calls us to do. And when it comes time to venerate that cross, to kneel in front of it, to pray in front of it, do so in your own way in your own space, with your own words. But do not forget to breathe in God's very heartbeat and hear God's call to be a family and give thanks, always give thanks. And know that God still does today what God did then, calls us to be a family born on a cross forever and eternally sealed and bound together in the love of Jesus of Nazareth. Dear people of God, 
Our Heavenly Father sent His Son into the world, not to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved, that all who believe in Him might be delivered from the power of sin and death and become heirs with Him of everlasting life. We pray, therefore, for people everywhere according to their needs. Let us pray for the Holy Catholic Church of Christ throughout the world, for its unity in witness and service, for all bishops and other ministers and the people whom they serve, for Susan and Jennifer, our bishops, and all the people of this diocese, for all Christians in the community, for those about to be baptized, that God will confirm his church in faith, increase it in love, and preserve it in peace. And if you're following along in your prayer book or in your bulletin, I invite you to join me in these concluding collects. Almighty and everlasting God, by whose spirit the whole body of your faithful people is governed and sanctified. Receive our supplications and prayers which we offer before you for all members of your holy church, that in their vocation and ministry they may truly and devoutly serve you through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for all nations and peoples of the earth and for those in authority among them. For Donald, the President of the United States. For the Congress and the Supreme Court. For the members and representatives of the United States. For all who serve the common good. That by God's help, they may seek justice and truth. And live in peace and concord. Almighty God, kindle, we pray, in every human heart the true love of peace and guide with your salvation those who take counsel for the nations of the earth, that in tranquility your dominion may increase until the earth is filled with the knowledge of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us pray for all who suffer and are afflicted in body and in mind. For the hungry and the homeless, the destitute and the oppressed. For the sick, the wounded, and the crippled. For those in loneliness, fear, and anguish. For those who face temptation, doubt, and despair. For the sorrowful and bereaved for prisoners and captives and those in mortal danger, that God in his mercy will comfort and relieve them and grant them the knowledge of his love and stir up in us the will and patience to minister to their needs. We pray especially for physicians, nurses, all health care professionals, for their protection, O Lord, 
Gracious God, the comfort of all who sorrow, the strength of all who suffer, let the cry of those in misery and need come to you, that they may find your mercy present with them in all their afflictions. And give us, we pray, the strength to serve them for the sake of him who suffered for us, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Let us pray for all who have not received the gospel of Christ. For those who have never heard the word of salvation. For those who have lost their faith. For those hardened by sin or indifference. For the contemptuous and the scornful. For those who are enemies of the cross of Christ and prosecutors of his disciples. For those who in the name of Christ have persecuted others. That God will open their hearts to the truth and lead them to faith and obedience. Merciful God, creator of all the peoples of the earth and lover of souls, have compassion on all who do not know you as you are revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ. Let your gospel be preached with grace and power to those who have not heard it. Turn the hearts of those who resist you and bring home to your fold those who have gone astray that there may be one flock under one shepherd, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Let us commit ourselves to our God and pray for the grace of a holy life, that with all who have departed this world and have died in the peace of Christ and those whose faith is known to God alone, we may be accounted worthy to enter into the fullness of the joy of our Lord and receive the crown of life in the day of resurrection. O God of unchangeable power and eternal light, look favorably on your whole church that wonderful and sacred mystery. By the effectual working of your providence, carry out in tranquility the plan of salvation. Let the whole world see and know that things which were cast down are being raised up, and things which had grown old are being made new, and that all things are being brought to their perfection by him through whom all things were made, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. And now we turn to that part of the service known as the veneration of the cross, where we are invited to come and kneel at the foot of the cross to be among Mary and that beloved disciple, to be brought together as a family. So whatever is in need of being put that pack together, whatever is in need of being redeemed and healed, 
whatever is in need of being restored. Bring all of that with you, knowing that God will absorb it into God's self and bring about healing, reconciliation, and peace. We glory in your Christ, O Lord, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For by virtue of your cross, joy has come to the whole world. May God be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of his countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. We glory in your cross, O Lord, and praise and glorify your holy resurrection. For by virtue of your cross, joy has come to the whole world. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you. Because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. If we have died with him, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. We adore you, O Christ, and we bless you, because by your holy cross you have redeemed the world. O Savior of the world, who by thy cross and precious blood hast redeemed us, save us and help us. We humbly beseech thee, O Lord. We now remember and say together the words our Savior Christ taught us.
our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, we pray you to set your passion, cross, and death between your judgment and our souls, now and in the hour of our death. Give mercy and grace to the living, pardon and rest to the dead. To your holy church, peace and concord, and to us sinners, everlasting life and glory. For with the Father and the Holy Spirit, you live and reign one God, now and forever. Amen. 